Hey guys, welcome to Voice of Reason Radio slash Matter of Theology, the actual mashup of, uh, of mashups for the, the, our podcasts because I am here with my good friend uh, Chris Huff. We just spent the last three days drinking from a fire hose as we went through the Shepherds Conference 2022. Spent three days, three days. Yeah. Just drinking from uh, a never-ending well of, of godly teaching, mm. and it was it was a really blessed time. So we wanted to uh, just unscripted get together, do a, a download, and give you guys maybe a taste of how things went. But uh, like I said, I'm joined with my good friend Chris Huff. Uh, we've we've done these kind of mashups before. Yep. Uh, just want to welcome on and, and thanks for coming on and, and being with us. Uh, we're doing this both for both shows, by yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you listen to both, you're going to hear it twice, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> so, but brother, it's it's good to have you back on with us. Oh, brother, it's good to be on, man. What um what an amazing amazing uh, three days we have had. Uh, Amen. Um, I mean, you know. It's one of those things that if you've ever been to um, a shepherd's conference, um, you, you know uh, how we're feeling right now. It's it's more of a, whoa. Uh, um, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, what, what, what a blessed time to gather with uh, 4,000 plus, I think. I think it was over 4,000 yeah. um, like-minded men. Um, Pastors, from, as many, from as many as I think they 88, said, 83, 88, 83, oh, 88, 88 countries, um, every, I think every state um, in, in, in our country. Um, and so 4,000 plus uh, like-minded men, leaders, pastors, shepherds, um, gathering together um, and, and, and being ministered to by the word of God and, uh, and then fellowshipping and ministering to uh, to one another, um, and of course, if you don't know, the Shepherds Conference is, uh, and if you don't know, well, <laughs> why? Um, but but um, but but you may not, you know, and and that and, and that's okay. We won't hold that against you for too long. Um, uh, so, but uh, it's in it's located um, at Grace Community Church uh, in Sun Valley, California, just outside of Burbank, um, which is just outside of L.A. Um, so we are we are in the state of sunny California. The weather has been gorgeous, um, uh, but brother, it, it wouldn't matter what the weather had been. Um, what an amazing three days we have had! Um, and, and people have asked me. They've said, "Man, so is this your first Shepherds Conference?" And it's not. This is number two for me. Yeah, and, same for me. Um, we didn't know each other back then, but we both went. We were the, here at the yeah. same time. We didn't yeah. know each other back then. No, we didn't, man. We didn't. Um, and shame on us uh, for for not, but. Um, you know, the first time was was kind of a, you know, getting your hair blown back mm-hmm. and overwhelm, overwhelming, and uh, you're, you're served, you're uh, by, by the by the wonderful congregation and volunteers at Grace Community Church, and and then you're gathering with like-minded men and and worshiping together through so you're singing the word, you're praying the word, and and you're hearing the word proclaimed and preached to you, you're poured into um, by, uh, by 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 some incredible men. Um, so, uh, so yeah, just an amazing, amazing three days. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you think about what the nature of the conference is. Unlike, say, something like a G three, right? This isn't this isn't kind of an open to all attendees type of event. Right. This is organized specifically with pastors, elders, lay leaders, teachers yeah. in mind, 
and this is what makes a lot of the feminists on Twitter really uh, upset, is <laughs> this is a men's conference. This is because, as um, Scripture makes quite clear, that the role of office, that role in office of elder, teacher, pastor, is reserved to men. Sure. Yep. And if that's making your hair stand on end right now, you're going to have to listen to one of and num- many uh, podcasts that both Matter of Theology and Voice of Reason Radio have done. There's biblical precedence for this. And Absolutely. If you want to argue with that, go to Scripture and argue with God. We're not going to get into an argument with you. Yep. Uh, so nope. uh, if, if you don't like that part, you might want to tune the rest out. So anyway, but it's it's tailored to that. And for a specific reason, the Shepherds Conference is specifically about equipping, training up, uh, edifying, strengthening men of God to go back and, here's a shocking uh, idea, actually humbly serve their congregations. Not not go back and try to figure out how to make it bigger, uh, badder, Grander and and, and 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 more fun and excitement and, and make it easier for the uh, you know the uh, the people the broad the broad road of people to find their way into your church, but rather equip them humbly so that they recognize they are doing the work of God yeah. for the purposes of God. And whether that's the smallest church imaginable or you've got a large congregation, it doesn't matter. You are there as a servant. And that's what they want to equip them to do, to be servants. Right. And so everything about this conference is about making sure that these men are being given what they need, not only in terms of the preaching, but also rest, the ability mm. to be served themselves, the ability to to meet like-minded brethren from around, as you said, around the world. Yeah. And and and, the, and then there's the 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 gigunda box of books that they give out at this conference. My goodness! And the book tent itself, the book tent. Oh, the book tent. Um, I was I, I okay for those who saw Justin Bullington's lie. I did not buy a thousand books. Okay, I bought ten, <laughs> and I was gifted two. So it's true. I, it's true. I can box, verify. I can verify. From the big old box of books. I'm taking back twelve books, ten of which I bought myself. Um, <laughs> sorry, Justin. Got to dime you out for that one. But uh, yeah, the book ten. I mean, so many of the tables there. I mean, they, first off, when you register, there's um, they're part of the uh, registration package. And by the way, this is not an inexpensive uh, you know conference. No, you, you do put out. You know, hundreds of dollars get spent by men to come to this. Yeah. Um, but for what they put into the cost, you're getting far more than that in return. Um, like I said, just the resources, the the fellowship, the teaching, and then there's the the gift certificates to the book tent. The book tent itself is anywhere from anywhere from thirty to fifty plus percent discounted, so that you can take all kinds of materials back. At, much cheaper than Amazon's going to give you, I can oh, assure yeah. you. Yeah. So this is entirely geared to, it's not about networking. It's not about, you know, finding a bigger, badder uh, program to, to grow your church. It is literally about training up shepherds to be shepherds. And I think that's yeah. one of the amazing things. But then all that aside is the three days some, some years, four days. That's the one you and I went to in 2019 was a four-day. But this year... Oh, that's right. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, this year, three days of just back-to-back powerful preaching by some just amazing men of God 
and equipping them to think in terms of and this year's theme, by the way, was unashamed, being unashamed of the gospel, as Paul would say in the scriptures, being unashamed to proclaim the gospel, unashamed to stand upon the word of God, unashamed to serve the body of Christ. And every sermon that came out of that was just hard hitting to the point, stand on the word of God, preach the word of God, preach the gospel, Build up the body of Christ. Discern and disciple your people because not everybody that walks in your doors is in fact a, a genuine disciple of Christ. And um, that's kind of what we're gonna do a download on. It's just talking about some of the things that we, uh, that we took away from these, um, these various teachings that we, that we were blessed to be able to sit through. So I'll start with you, Chris. I mean, let's have you start. Um, what were some of the takeaways that you saw in this? Well, um, I, I want to go back to something you said a second ago before we really get sure. into the, the preaching. Is um, which, by the way, it's it's awesome how we're recording this right now. Um, we have one microphone between the two of us. We're both sitting on uh, uh, the individual beds in our hotel room, um, and um, so this is this is kind of fun. Um, but I, I just want to go back to something you said, brother, a second ago. Um, you know about the it's not it's not an inexpensive conference to come to it's it's a it's a conference geared geared towards the pastor the shepherd the elder the lay leader the um, the expositor the theologian uh, the man um, and uh, and yeah you do end up you you end up spending uh, you end up spending some money you absolutely do um, but but can I just say that after this being my second shepherd's conference and. Um, and, and talking to to various men who have been here multiple times, the experience, um, and I hesitate using that word um, because it's like you know today in a lot of churches you see the the worship experience and no no but but truly the the um, what your soul goes through through the proclamation of the word of God through the singing of the word of God the praying of the word of God. Uh, while, while while joining with like-minded men um, is priceless. Um, Amen. The, um, the the what you experience at the Shepherds Conference, and and I think this is this is crucial because of what we've seen the last two years. Uh, we're recording this in March of 2022, and what we've seen over the last two years with uh, lockdowns and mandates and. Uh, government overreach and tyranny and uh, churches closing and permanently and um, the, the the depression rates and suicide rates mm -hmm. and addiction to pornography going through the roof and not, I'm, I'm saying that from the from the perspective of the pastor from the perspective of the elder from the man you know to come and to gather with other with other like-minded men to see that you don't have to do ministry in a silo uh, you shouldn't. You can't. Um, uh, you absolutely cannot do that. And so to come and to to, to join in and to fellowship and uh, you know that that is something I, I, I my brother Alex Rodriguez and I talk about often is how many people go to conferences like this just to network. Um, and sometimes when you're at a shepherd's conference, it may look like that's what's going on, but that's not what's going on. What's going on is fellowship. Um, I took a few pictures of of numerous brothers uh, praying with one another. Um, I saw that 
every day from day one until until when the conference ended tonight um just people praying for one another exchanging information um and uh and so yeah it's it's that experience is priceless and then um the second thing i wanted to say just kind of kicking off and then and then we can we can move into the teaching brother if you want but Mm -hmm. um uh, this is freestyle. We don't have any any notes yes, no. other than the notes we took at the conference. Um, so another thing I want to say, and 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 my brother Drew Vonita, who's uh, my co-host on Matter of Theology, he he came with me in 2019, uh, and one of the things that we noticed and talked about was, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm going to mention it again here at the outset, are the uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful congregation uh, and mm. members of Grace Community Church who volunteered their time this week. Um, uh, for, for you who don't know, uh, please understand that, that, that most, uh, mo- most of these volunteers, they, they take personal time from their jobs, they're, they're away from their families. Uh, they look forward to Shepherd's Conference to volunteer. Uh, Dr. John MacArthur said that there was a waiting list, a waiting list to volunteer for Shepherd's Conference. Um, and um, and so for you mentioned the feminazis. Um, yeah. You didn't say feminazis. I did. Um, That's what they. It's, it's, it's true. It's very true. It was just very true. It's very true. <laughs> so, but um, uh, you know, one of the things they like to talk about out there is how oppressed and um, and I'm using that word purposefully. Uh, how oppressed and and uh, um, and and draconian uh, the leadership at Grace must be. Um, and you don't see that at all when, when you're when you're at Grace Community Church, um, mm-hmm. you are experiencing the uh, the the fruit of hard the hard instruction of the word uh, produces soft hearts. Yes. And and um, the, the you know the scripture says the gain of my instructions the gain of our instructions should be love, and that's what you see. Yeah. You see the word working on the members of Grace Community Church for uh, over half a century through Dr. John MacArthur. Uh, and the other leaders and elders there at Grace, um, and and these volunteers are encouraging. They're sweet. Um, they go out of their way to make sure you've got coffee in your hand, uh, to make sure that let me take your plate, your trash, let me throw it away. Uh, there's a there's a store called the Shepherd Shop, and um, this happens every year. I'm looking at something, and there's this <laughs> pullover or jacket or something I was looking at, fountain pen. and uh, fountain pen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or um, you know, and 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 they didn't have the size, my size, right where I was standing. They have multiple racks of this yeah. stuff, and I, I'm just like, no, I, you know. This lady was like, this year, she was like, do you, I can go get that for you. I'm like, no, you don't have to do that. I'll, I'll go over there. Thank you though. I really appreciate it. So I was looking at some other stuff. Next thing I know, she taps me on the shoulder and hands hands me the, the, the my size. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's stuff like that. I mean, it's it's small things, but it's 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 things that go a long way. Um, in the grand scheme of things, so um, to to if any member or or congregant of Grace Community Church ever listens to this, um, just know that you are loved and appreciated. And I try to tell as many of them as, as I could. Thank you for being here. Thank you for serving us so well. Yeah. Not doing it because I, you feel like you have to, or because you're obligated to, but because it's your it's your desire to. So. Um, yeah, it, just to to make a point about that that you you were you're bringing up that it, this is a, the fruit of the ministry of Grace Community Church and the work of John MacArthur and and the various elders at the church. Just to take it back a second, we you know, we, we mentioned that the screaming feminazi harpies and right. it, 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 it you know it, of course 
perfectly timed. Um, Julie Roy's scandal rag writer extraordinaire drops this su surprising article about how there's this what apparent some sort of terrible cover up of a something that happened and how this woman was poorly treated uh, over so 20 years ago 20 years ago yeah. and you know involving her husband who's in prison for something he allegedly did and um you know and and, and how the the church didn't handle it right and she was she was treated terribly she was excommunicated amazingly drops the day before now mind you right. mind you people read the article and um you know they you have julie royce who takes basically one person's perspective uh, who has a grudge to bear and and maybe there are some you know maybe there's let's just be very very generous and say maybe there were some things that happened back 20 years ago that could have been handled better um it was 20 years ago but she drops it to you know uh, you know on monday with the uh conference or excuse me on tuesday with the conference starting on monday or i'm tired folks uh wednesday <laughs> and and so everybody's screaming i mean you could not post for the first full day I, I was, as much as I posted something about Shepherd's Conference, I was blocking probably three times as many people um, because they just, oh, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And it's like, what about that? That's not what I'm talking to you about. And that's not what I'm posting. So I'm not going to talk to you. But it, it, when you look at the, you know, the fruit of Julie Royce's work, it is to whip people into an utter frenzy, 90% of which maybe even just glanced at the article, maybe read through it and said how terrible without asking any questions, without asking for any evidence or examination, assuming the worst because they just hate John MacArthur and they hate Grace Community Church. And then you look at what you said, the fruit yeah. of the service of Grace Community Church. If, if John MacArthur and Grace Community Church were the type of people that people like Julie Royce and others portrayed them to be, I don't believe that the fruit would be an entire congregation desirous of serving on their own time without pay, without some sort of compensation, uh, taking time off their own jobs to come and serve people from 88 countries, hundreds, thousands of people showing up and doing so joyfully, doing so humbly, doing so with great care and great love. I don't believe you can get that if the person that, that uh, Julie Royce and others portrayed MacArthur to be was what he really uh, what he was really like. The, the reality is is genuine biblical service, genuine biblical teaching, genuine biblical discipleship results in people who humbly desire to obey and serve the Lord, and that's what we saw. You know, and so when you you know when you watch these things happen online, consider the source and consider the fruit of that source, and then look at what you're at what you're actually being told to believe, which is, um, as one person put it, it was a giant uh, misogynist, uh, you know, big good old boys party, and I'm I'm using very clean language oh, compared yeah. to what we yeah. what I we did, saw I did, I did yeah i did yeah that. i was like um we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna repeat the language but if it was if it was what these individuals wanted to call it you would not see this kind of humble genuine service well brother so, let, me, let me say this man uh, matthew matthew 7 
starting in verse 16, uh, and you will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So, so just hitting on that real quick, um, you know, here's how I would describe, um, you know, what, what you're talking about. And I have not, admittedly, in, in, in full transparency, I have not read the article. Um, I, I saw the title. Um, I skimmed through it. This is not the first time that she has uh, that she has spoken with um, a former uh, member of, of Grace and gone after John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. She's gone after John MacArthur multiple times. Everything from this to a watch that he was gifted for fifty years of faithful service to uh, I mean all kinds of stuff about John's son Mark and who is a personal friend. So that really got under my skin. Um, <laughs> You know, so so look. Here's how I would describe somebody like that. Um, she's factious. Like when yep. you, when when you hear in scripture um, uh, about the factious and not being factious and the the fruit of being fact factious. Like I mean, it's Julie Royce. Yes. And um, you know, she's she's trying to post a hit piece for something that took place 20 years ago. Um, and, and and so so here's here's my response to that. Number one. Um, how would you like it if we went back 20 years ago and I'm sure we could find, you know, someone could find something to pull up about you, but that's not even what it's about. Look, mm-hmm. you're commenting on, uh, and you said it best, you're commenting on a story where you've got one side of it. Yes. You've got one side of it. And and so here, here's, here's my, you know, it's all about motivation. Why are you posting this? Mm-hmm. Why are you, po- why, why are you doing this now? You're doing it right before Shepherd's Conference, the first Shepherd's Conference in two years. Um, and, the whole reason you're doing it is it's a clickbait. It's exactly what it is. It's 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 a it's a, it's trying to get clicks. It's you know it's just like look, you weren't there. Um, it was 20 years ago. This person you're talking to again, it being 20 years ago, there's a lot that's going to get lost in translation. Um, uh, nobody's perfect, nobody. Um, but I, I find it very difficult to your point as well to believe. Um, you know uh, the, this this one-sided story about something that happened. Um, you know, and again, I haven't read it. So, but yeah. I mean, she's she's factious, and um, you know, she's trying to draw up something. Here's the thing with people like that: they're all the time bringing their framework and a a, a specific framework into a, into something like that. You know, when yeah, it's just. It's nonsense. Well, it's com- nonsense. And when it comes to Julia Royce, there is one framework. She's a scandal writer. She wants absolutely. She she was part of the you know the the movement that brought James McDonald down and and, and was involved you know Driscoll she, and Driscoll and all of that. And now she's looking for bigger game. So let's just call it what it is. She's a scandal writer looking to make a name for herself. Um, but again, it goes back to the fruit, and and yep. so we we've harped on that for a minute. So let's actually talk about <laughs> let's talk about what happened, uh, the real good stuff that happened at this conference, and uh-huh. what we're what we're hoping will be the fruit coming from that. So to, uh, as we were saying before, I'll, I'll ha- have you go first. Um, what, what what did you see? What were things that stood out to you with this? Um, man, I'm trying to remember <laughs> everything that's taken place over the it's last... It's like drinking... It's like trying to take a sip out of a fire hose at full blast, man. Well, and, you know, I I, I took notes, but <laughs> but what I did is, you know, the, the two years ago, and, and everybody listening, and, and this is just going to be a conversation, by the way, 
completely freestyle and just having a conversation and we're bringing you guys along. So, you know, two years ago, man, I brought a notebook and I tried to take as much, many notes as I could. Every session, try to take as many notes as I could. Um, um, this year, and just again, the Lord's sanctifying grace. Um, this year, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna try to keep it to one to two pages per, you know, per per speaker. Um, grab the highlights, grab the outlines, um, and then once that once the videos and audio drops, I'll go listen to it again, mm-hmm. and, and 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 so I can pause it and take notes and. Uh, and glean everything I wanted from it. So, um, so you know, the, the the theme of the conference, you already mentioned this, was unashamed. Um, and uh, Dr. MacArthur uh, kicked it off um, on Wednesday, on the first day of the conference, and, and just talked about what it means to be unashamed and the fact that separation uh, is, is one of the hallmarks of being unashamed and mm-hmm. separate from the world. Yes. Um, uh, and, um, you know, he said, he, this is a wonderful quote. Uh, he said, you know, quote, once you decide you want to make an alliance with the culture, mm-hmm. the culture will take you to the bottom period, Amen. close quote. Amen. And, um, and he talked about kingdoms, that there are two kingdoms of this world and, uh, John 18, my kingdom is not of this world. Um, and, uh, and, and he brought up the fact that men and, and, and men as a whole, and when, I said, when he said men, it, it means society, uh, are always eager to find the, the easy way um, and to find the way of, of, of when it comes to advancing the kingdom of God because it's antithetical to the kingdom of the world that when you it, when you are a part of advancing the kingdom of God, there will inevitably always be suffering. Yep. Um, and you cannot advance the kingdom of God without that suffering. Um and, 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 you know, and, and if we try to do that or we try to advance the kingdom of God uh, using worldly frameworks or worldly um, um, categories, not categories, um, worldly ways, um, mm-hmm. I'm tired as well. Um, <laughs> you know, that every incident, you know, worldly systems, that's what it was. Um, it, it, it's a stumbling block. It's a stumbling block. Um, and and, and, and he, he, he dropped this quote and I put this on social media immediately. Um, he said, the, quote, the apostles turned the world upside down without any help from it. Amen. Amen. The apostles turned the world upside down without any help from it. And, and there are so many, um, even in Reformed culture, brother, who are trying to Christianize a depraved, dead, and dying world. They're trying to Christianize it temporally, right? Instead of, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach forward now because we're talking about the first session. I'm gonna reach forward now and pull from <laughs> some other sessions here. But what I'm about to say, the Christianize a, a, a dead, dying, and depraved world, um, all the while mentioning the gospel as an afterthought, without calling for the exhortation and and telling them to come and repent. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so that, that was something that stuck out to me. And, and you see that a lot with the social justice, uh, CRT, you see that a lot with, um, uh, you know, the, the, the pragmatic, the seeker sensitive, the, um, all of that, you, you see that. And so you see that with, and, and, and the thing that you're seeing with when, when, when the evangelical movement and the church does that is you're seeing compromise. And, and all that compromise does is it invites the devil in. 
Absolutely. It invites Satan in. That's what he wants. I was talking to Mark MacArthur today, and I haven't even told you this. And one of the things that he and I were talking about was how deceptive Satan is and how real Satan is. Mm -hmm. And Satan is a better theologian than we will ever be. Very true. And he disguises himself as an angel of light. And his goal is to get us to question God. And it's always been that way, right? Genesis 3, has God really said? <laughs> when um, when he takes it tempts Christ in, 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 uh, in the desert, uh, tr get, trying to get him to question and twist the word of God. Um, and he's still doing that. And there are pastors and shepherds who... Um, and leaders and, 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 and just professing evangelical Christians with a complete lack of discernment. Mm -hmm. And they, they can't see the forest of the trees. That they, they are, you know, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, discernment isn't knowing the difference between right and wrong, but right and almost yes. right. So it's, it's that, that's not happening. And so what, what is happening is Satan is uh, deceiving and there are people who are trying to um, how did he word it? Uh, uh, you can't, here it is. You can't dine at the table of demons and yes. drink from the cup of the Lord. Yes. And, and, and brother, we're seeing so many in professing evangelicalism who, who do that. Yeah. And, um, and it all comes down. I mean, this is something you and I've been talking about all week. Framework. Mm hmm it all comes down to framework. Are you feeling something and trying and this eisegesis as well and, and trying to prove it with scripture? Are you, are you reading your framework into scripture or are you gathering your framework from scripture? Yeah. We don't, look, we don't argue with the Bible. The Bible Amen. argues with us. Amen. 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 And and brother, yeah, man. So go go ahead, brother. I, there's more, <laughs> yeah. I can just keep going on that. No, 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 it's cool. I only had one page of notes, and, <laughs> and that's just, just that's like, that's just But the thing the thing I love about that first sermon is I think it really set the tone for the rest of the conference. Yeah, because definitely. while some while some sermons, and by the way, Vody Balcom's sermon when it drops, y'all need to hear it and and yeah. listen to it, and then go back and listen to it again, and and then again. But it set that tone, that idea of separation, as you were saying, that, that idea that we can import right. something from the world. Right. What, what have we spent the last year and a half, two years dealing with besides COVID? Um, which it's the, the importation of a, uh, a godless Marxist ideology into the church. Right. Why? Well, the Bible doesn't adequately cover this so therefore we need wrong this exactly absolutely 100% dead wrong but the reason that that's happening as you said is you people are coming in with a framework that scripture is not sufficient right so we need something else and right. Vody did a fantastic job in his sermon when he pointed out that when you bring in these other ideologies you are robbing people of what they desperately need, which is the gospel. You are yeah. stealing yeah. from them. You are convinced and are convincing them that what they need is something more, right. something beyond the gospel, something beyond the word of God. And so MacArthur's uh, opening sermon, the idea that we have to have this separation, as you said, cannot sit at uh, uh, dine with a table of demons and drink from the cup of the Lord. Yeah. 
when you are bringing something that is not explicitly revealed in Scripture, you are importing the doctrines of demons because it's not of, it's not of the Word of God. If it's not in the Word of God, if you can't draw it out from the Word of God, and you had to go to some other source, I don't care what your intentions are. And I, and you and I would both uh, agree. I think there are well-meaning pastors, well-meaning churches who think, and Bodhi has said this himself, the reason it, that sometimes this thing has made inroads into the church is because there are Christians who genuinely want to be able to say, I'm not a racist. I, I want to care about my brethren. And so, what are the, and, you know, they may be well-meaning, but what are, they what are they tacitly admitting? They don't trust the Word of God in its, in its entirety well, that's what I was going to say, brother, when you said that. So, so t two things immediately uh, jump out at me, okay? You know, the, the apostles turned the world upside down and mm -hmm. didn't need the help of it to do it. So, so what has happened in the evangelical movement, um, uh, what we've seen in what, over the last, last couple of years and what we're seeing now, we're seeing the fruit Yes. Of bad root. Absolutely. We are seeing, uh, we're seeing that, and so and, and, and here's here's how we're seeing it, right? So first and foremost, and and I'm for those of you, especially on matter of theology, who know me, you know my background as uh, 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 leading music in, in churches, and um, so when I say this, you're going to be like, what? <laughs> so, but here's the problem, brother, is there are too many professing evangelical churches today um, who years ago capitulated when it came to style. Yes. And when you capitulate with style, what's the next thing the world tries to control? Substance. Yes. So you, 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 you gave a foothold to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of, pride of life. And, this, and, and, and the world dictated your style because you said, well, we're not going to be able to reach the younger generation mm -hmm. if it's just hymns and organs and if we don't have the moving lights and the fog machines and the big bands. And look, I've done big bands. I've, I never liked fog machines though, bro. I've got to be honest. Because like, typically the fog machines use chemicals and they dry your throat out and you're trying to sing and it does not work. But um, just saying. But... But the problem is, is when you know you, you you capitulate to that, you invite pragmatism in. Yes, and that's what we're we're seeing the fruit of pragmatism run amok. Now that brings me to my and again I could I could go there and we could rabbit trail there. But let me just say this and then we'll get back to what we're talking about. But you said you know that there are a lot of pastors who who are well-meaning and genuinely don't want to be racist or mm. labeled as racist. Yes. And I think the labeled as racist is the bigger issue. I agree. Because if, because, but, but, but here, here's my problem with that. I do care about intention. And here's why I say that. Is because you can be well-meaning all you want, but if you're not well-meaning to the scriptures first, and you're turning everywhere else, and what, I don't want to be viewed as this, I don't want to be called this, so I need to read White Fragility, yes, I need to read yeah. anti-racist stuff by, by Ibram X. Kendi, you know, I need to read James Cone. No, what you need to do is open your Bible. 
What you need to do is get into the scriptures and see what the scriptures say about this. The Bible, yes, is inerrant. That means it's it's without error. It's infallible, meaning it cannot fail. But here's the battle that we're losing. Sufficiency. Yes. Sufficiency. You don't need to look elsewhere. Um, it Just because it was written to a culture, yes, there were cultural differences between what was happening in Rome today and the United States today. But the Bible is the living word of God. You don't need anything else other than the scriptures. Amen. Amen. You know, it's, it's funny because um, it was Abner Chow who, uh, I think it was yesterday, Ooh. did uh, his message on how the scripture needs no validation. He Bro, says, that's scripture so, needs no validation. So good. Yeah. It needs no validation. It, it validates, validates everything. everything. And that's the thing. I absolutely agree with what you're saying because... The problem becomes when we think, I don't want to be perceived as, I don't want to be the guy who causes the church to fail because I didn't consider whatever, rather than what does the Word of God say? Well, understand it's not about you. Exactly. That's exactly it. If you are a man of truth, a, a, a man or woman, a, a, if you are a person of truth and you're standing for the truth, truth is divisive. It draws a line in the sand. Don't. It doesn't matter what people think about you. Exactly. I, I don't, don't. The minute you do that is the minute you've taken the focus off of Christ and you've put it on yourself. Exactly. And that's the thing with so much of the compromise within the church. It has been, I mean, when you go back to the church growth movement, what was the church growth movement about? Was it about how can we faithfully serve the Lord? How can we faithfully make disciples? How can we faithfully? No, it had nothing to do with those. So if you're not, if, if that's not your focus, what was your focus? Oh, how many bodies can we get? Okay, since nothing in scripture tells me Aside from the first time we see the the the, the church being uh, the, the birth of the church and the first pro- proclamation of the gospel and three thousand approximately three thousand were saved that day, why do 5, I five thousand more? Yeah. just just right after that. Yeah. So if that's the only time we really see it ever discussed, then why are we worried about the growth? Because Scripture's not telling us to be worried about it. So it goes back to what you said. It's about me. It's about what I want. It's what I. It's what my church board wants. It's what my you know the people want. That's the problem. It's that compromise, and it goes back to what uh, Abner Chow says. You are you you are using other things to try to validate what Scripture says. I've got to look to something else, yeah. some other authority, some other uh, proclamation, some sort of, of <clears throat> analytical tool to. Tell me how I'm supposed to do these things before I ever get to the Word of God. Well, look, and that's it, that that kind of compromise is totally about the, the the person and nothing about God. And that's the problem. You have people who want the spotlight on them in some capacity, whether it's to be recognized as being considerate, and not wanting, and not being racist, and said or certain, or being recognized as being a leader, and therefore stepping out, uh, like we saw <coughs> some <coughs> nine marks, um, 
you know, suddenly embracing these things because they wanted to be the you know the the ministry that people appeal to to to, to have healthy churches. Um, so, well, bro, but here's the thing: though. once you compromise, you capitulate, mm-hmm. and you show that your self-professed call isn't a call from God. You're amen. heaping condemnation amen. on yourself, man. Amen. So, so now let me let me flip the script on this a, okay. a little bit as well. We also need to be careful because there are many in today's professing evangelical movement yes. and church who are concerned about this on the flip side. Mm-hmm. So instead of being concerned with our CRT and not wanting to be as far as seen as racist and having church growth gurus, <laughs> I mean, we are seeing today that militant crowd who is, you know, protesting sexy. Oh yeah. yeah hey, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know what? We're gonna we're we're gonna go out and do this, and uh, tr- we're 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 you know we're loving our neighbor. And, I mean, it's just it's and 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 then when you you. Put a magnifying glass on that. You see, maybe that the, that the motives weren't what they should be, yeah. and and so, um, so brother, it, it's it's so important um, that we again that we derive our frameworks, that we derive our worldviews from the Word of God alone and totally. Mm-hmm. Um, sola scriptura, tota scriptura. Yes, it's, amen. It's and simple reformanda always be yes. reforming. So, but it, that goes back to what you said. It, if I'm doing that, it's not about me. No. It can't be about me because I can't um, insert myself and and my certitudes and my ideas and my ideologies into scripture. Right. If I am constantly, as Abner Chow was arguing, you know, arguing about the. And, you know, how scripture needs you know, it was such a powerful sermon. I really recommend you guys listen to this. That scripture needs no validation, but rather scripture is what I stand upon, and I I have to know and I have to understand and be submitted to and be preaching, and I don't have to worry about the what the world says, and I don't have to I don't have to find ways to morph myself. And if you hear voices, that's because people are running by the the, the door. We're in a hotel room, folks. Uh, (laughs) But um, if I can't insert that because Scripture conformed, I'm conformed to it, then it can't be about me. And and like you said, that is, and we've said this on on Voice Series Radio, I know our listeners have heard this. We got we warn constantly both sides of the ditch. So what you said about okay, yeah, the whole protesting is sexy right, thing. Right. There are people that if if you call for, hey, my fellow reformed conservative brethren, whatever, we need to be careful about this, you know, on this issue or supporting this kind of thing in this manner. And, and you call even just a hint of a question. I mean, the, the wrath of the conservative po- uh, political sure. person can come crawling out just as bad as you, any. Feminazi. You can be canceled just as just as just easily as with the with the reform culture as you can be with the, with, with the liberal left. And yeah. that's that's and that importation a, of ideologies, man. We that's just another we, conversation for another <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get together on that one. <laughs> but, but no, man. I, you know, going back to something, and let's get to Austin's. Um, oh yes, but absolutely. I want to go back to, to Abner's for a second. Um, uh, Dr. Abner Chow, um, he's the president of the Masters University. 
uh, and he was uh, one of the, the lead and main translators of the Legacy Standard Bible. Uh, head on over to 316publishing.com, get your <laughs> copy today, uh, or read.lsbible.org. Um, no, they are not sponsoring this episode, or me. Um, <laughs> I just love them. And it's the the app, by the way, is fully released. Yeah, right? yeah. New, old and New Testament. Yep, yep. You can get the full LSB uh, cross references, footnotes. Um, uh, it's ready to go. So. And, and by the way, Chris was repeatedly trying to get hired either by, you know, Grace Community Church by trying to sell their stu- stuff at the a shepherd shop. I did sell by, some pens, man. Or, 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 I did or, sell or some by Three Sixteen Publishing because yeah. he kept trying to sell that. So. Apparently he's trying to get hired for some for some work here. Anyway, go ahead. I'm not. I just I just love them, man. I just I love I love the LSB and and again another. Go listen to my interview with Dr. William Varner, who was one of the translators. Uh, We I interviewed him for Matter of Theology, um, and uh, fountain pens are amazing. Go buy one. Um, Go to Twisby. Go get you. Go get you a Pelican, uh, Esterbrook, something like that. Anyway. so, but you know, uh, I love how Abner actually started that sermon, yes. um, and I wrote this down just because we we had just gotten done singing, right? Singing the word, oh, yeah. um, and 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 here's the first thing he said. He put his Bible down and, and opened his notes, and he said, "Don't despise the old hymns; that uh, uh, they are breath to the soul." Amen. Um, and I wrote that down, and I'm like, "Bro, that is so good." But um, you know, uh, something he said that's so true, and, and he said this quote: "The battle for the Bible." is not just a one one time in history. The battle for the Bible is for every generation. Amen. Very close quote. Um, and then he had three points, and I wrote them down and underlined them and circled them. He said, Scripture is more sure than your experience. Scripture is more sure than your explanation. Scripture is more sure than everything. Amen. Um, and uh, and he said this, and and, and, and Chris is absolutely right. Go listen to the, to his episode. Be ready. He he, man, the brother talks fast and says a lot of words. Um, you don't have to do double speed with Abner. No, no, <laughs> Abner is double speed. Um, we love you, Abner. If you ever hear this, um, um, he said this quote: "In the end, God will not be asking how did you make the Bible relevant to your life. Mm-hmm. He will ask you how did you make your life relevant to, to the, the Bible." Bible. Um, oh, smack in the face. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's utterly destructive. That sermon's utterly destructive to the idea that you can ever have anything else that validates your thinking, your attitude, your opinions, whatever. The when he said that the you know, scripture is more sure than your experience. Mind you, he he's his sermon was was based off of Second Peter one nineteen through one nineteen through twenty one, where uh, Peter himself, Peter who saw the transfigured Christ, yeah, and said, "We have more. as more sure the prophetic right. word to which you would That's do right. well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts." Know this first of all that no prophecy of Scripture comes from by anyone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by the will of man, but being moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. We have as more sure the prophetic word. The and man saw that. the transfigured. Think Christ. about right, right. That's what I was going to say. Think about that. 
Think about what Peter saw in yeah. context, what he's referring to there. He saw Christ. He saw our Lord Jesus Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He saw the, tr he could see with his eyes the truly man version. But in that moment, on, I, look, goosebumps. He's getting, yeah, you he can is. see him. Like in that moment, you, Christ removes the veil of his Amen. flesh, and Peter sees the glorified Christ. Yes. And, and, and then Peter writes, Second Peter saying, we have a more sure word than that experience. None of us, and this, this is what blew me away, this is a, I, I thought this, none of us have the right, none of us on this planet today that will ever listen to this podcast, none of us ever living in this generation, no one since the last apostle died, ever has the right to try to read in mm. their experience into scripture. Mm. Number one, scripture speaks against that. Number two, none of us have had the experience on the Mount of Transfiguration. Amen. None of us. I don't care what books you read about going to heaven and coming back. It didn't happen. You had bad Taco Bell, went to bed, had a bad dream. That's what happened. We have a more sure word than that experience. It's the Bible, the Word of God, the sacred writings. Oh my gosh, I, I, that, that blew me away to think about that. It's just, we don't get to, to uh, read our experience into Scripture. And, and Abner said, Scripture determines your experience. Yes. He said, we're not enhancing Scripture, we depend on it. That's, man, like when he said that and talked about that, I sat back in the pew and I was just like, None of us. God forgive me for the times that I've done that. Right. Oh, yeah. That I that I read um, Old Testament Old Testament narratives, looking for for a way to read my experience out of it, mm -hmm. instead of determining my experience from the Bible. Absolutely. I mean, think about it this way. Okay. You know, if, if let's say you have a, a really bad day, and you think that somebody at your job said something negative about you. So what's your experience? Your experience is this is a terrible person and they said a terrible thing. Right, right. And then what happens? The next day you go in and the truth is revealed. Right. And, and that person was talking about something else. It had nothing to do with you. It had nothing that in any way could have impacted you. Right. What does the truth do? The truth changes your experience. The, scriptures, the scriptures are truth. Not just a truth, not a form of truth. They are the truth. truth. The truth. Yeah. And have been that way since the very first words of it were ever penned. So when when Abner is saying, you know, that it is more sure than your experience, that it informs, as you say, change informs your experience. It alters your experience. It causes you to submit your experience to the word. You are being impacted beyond anything that this world can offer when it comes to correcting how your your world how you can perceive things because you have the the inspired word of god which now reveals to you all truth through the power of the holy spirit and now for you to say but you don't understand my experience what you're trying to say is that the holy spirit who has inspired the 66 books of scripture superintended every word to be written as it was written didn't understand your experience. And therefore your experience trumps 
scripture. Yep. You know, that's, that is foolishness. That's utter foolishness. And that's what we're seeing being done. Well, brother, look, let me just say this. And um, I say this uh, in love, um, that the goal of the instruction is love. Scripture calls you to die to your experience. Amen. Period. Amen. I don't. I don't care what it is. Scripture no, calls you to die to your experience, hmm. and it and, and 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 it speaks to the nature of God, does it not? It does. Is anything more not 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 okay? And 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 I say that not belittling what anyone is, is have may have or may not have experienced out there. However, however, is God not more glorious? Amen. Is the prize of Christ in the life of the elect not more glorious than, than our experience? Absolutely. It doesn't matter. It pales in comparison. It pales in comparison. That's, that, that, that's why the, the, the writer of... Ecclesiastes, um, of course, is Solomon, um, says in Ecclesiastes 7, in verse 14, in the day when there is good, be of cheer. But in the day when there is evil, see, God has made the one as well as the other, so that man will not find out anything that will be after him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that just scripture calls us to die to our experiences, you know, to the Lecrae's of the world, to the Ibram X. Kendi's, to the Eric Mason's, to the Jamar Tisby's, to the Matt Chandler's, to um, all the nitwits in Acts 29 who, who, for whatever reason, want a hold of this stuff. Is not our citizenship in heaven more important and more glorious than our temporal citizenship here? Amen. Amen. Let it go. Fix your gaze upon Christ and move forward. Sorry. Like I said, man, no, we could no. rabbit trail. No, no. <laughs> I absolutely love that because I think that was one of the things I loved about, you know, one brother was asking me, did it seem like the, the topics that were being preached on were kind of light in reference to all these at attacks and assaults upon scripture. And, and my response to it was for the last year, two, year plus right. two years, we we've been on the assault. We've been yeah. going yeah. after this. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, now what we're seeing done is to quote HP Tarles. You don't just yell at the darkness. You, you turn on the light. Oh. oh, you guys need to listen to that. And that sermon. We'll get, yeah, we'll get there. Um, but, what what were we watching with this? We're watching these pastors come up and teach. Hey, here's all the you know here's these various assaults. Right. Now, this is why, as 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 Vody said, it's robbing the the people of what they need. It's 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 focusing on the the temporal, the purely temporal. It's it's a rejection. I mean, it, it, Vody brought it and you know, pointed it out, and we we've heard it in recent history when Ibram X. Kendi said, you know, that the gospel to him was liberation theology. It wasn't personal salvation. He saw personal salvation theology as racist. racist. You know. So what 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 did we see being taught for these three days? 
we, the, to reject the idea that a people's experience is what had to be addressed, but rather the word had to be proclaimed because that word informs and changes your experience and makes you realize even if nothing in this world ever went the way we wanted it to, and by the way, we're not talking, we're, when we talk about people who were oppressed, assaulted, right, and, and, right, and, right. And, and bigoted against, and whole nine yards, it, it, look at the entirety of the apostles' ministry. They were chased down, they were beaten, they were imprisoned, they were oppressed, they were, they were martyred. Um, if anybody had the right to complain about their experience, it's the very people who followed Jesus, who proclaimed his message, and yet what were their gaze fixed upon? As you said, fixed upon eternity. Brother, I don't, How do you do that? Through the word. I, I don't even know that we could, I mean, we can, but I, I mean, I'd, I'd go back to, to something R.C. Sproul said, and why do bad things happen to good people? Well, they don't. It, it only happened once in history, and his name was Jesus. Or, Amen. Or something that I affect, I'm paraphrasing. Amen. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if, if anyone had the, the, the right to be, let's back it up even farther. Oh, yeah. If anybody had the right to be claimed, you know, to claim to be oppressed, it was Christ. Amen. Amen. And what did he do when reviled? Yeah. Spoke not a word. If you profess faith in Christ, <coughs> I mean, I, I just, I, I'm at the point with this, with the, with the social justice stuff and the CRT stuff. And, and maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's from hanging around with our brothers, uh, Daryl Harrison and Roger <laughs> Walker for a while. Maybe just a bit. <laughs> but, but it's just like, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm just to the point to where I just, I want to look at these these people that profess faith in Christ and promote this, uh, profess faith in Christ and live in this constant state of victimization. And I want, you know what I want to do, brother? I want to share the gospel with them. Amen. You know why I want to share the gospel with them? Is because based upon the fruit that we're seeing, I don't think that root's solid. No. It's not, it's definitely not in, in, in good soil. No. And, and I mean, brother, it's just like, look, I mean, what's, what's, again, What's more, what's more glorious? What's more important? You know, and 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 then, but on top, but but on top of all that, who's sovereign? Amen. Do you not tr do you not understand the sovereignty of God? And if you do, or if you don't, then then then, then we need to have that conversation. Amen. But if you do understand the sovereignty of God, and yet you're still living here, we got to have a different conversation. Amen. Amen. So, I mean, brother, it's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So, Austin, serpent <laughs> <laughs> number two. Yeah, you know what, let's, let's do Austin, and then we'll talk about HB, and then we'll, I, you know, we'll wrap that up, and we'll, we'll encourage people to, uh, to, to really tune into this, because if we try to go through all 12 of these, we ain't going to make it, brother. <laughs> well, I, would, I, I want to talk about Steve's, and I want to talk about John's last one. Okay. So so, so let's talk Austin, and, and then we'll, we'll move through these last ones. Because, woo! So, woo! Oh, yeah. It's a quote with Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> go ahead. So let's go, uh, let's go with, let's, uh, you were saying you want to do Austin. Let's, let's talk about that. Go for it, brother. So um, Austin had a really fantastic sermon. I mean, he said his, 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 theme on this was uh, the call to ministry is one of emulation yeah. talking from um, mark 6 6 through 13 yeah. and he you know he's talking about you know when when you know when they are when you are called to ministry you're called to emulate Christ yeah. and he made he made different points and one of them was that yeah they uh, 
those in ministry are to emulate uh, Christ's teaching. And I think there was one thing he said that just said, uh, stuck out to me on that, and that, that was Christ's teaching set him apart more than anything else. And, and I, I thought about that as he was talking about it. As yes, he pointed out, so often people would come back and say, never a man spoke like this. He speaks of his own authority. He doesn't speak like the scribes and the Pharisees. He spoke authoritatively. Oh, yeah. And so this is one who spoke with knowledge. He spoke with wisdom. He spoke authoritatively. Yet he's, he's never spoke anything that his father he, uh, you know, did not want him to speak. So how can we emulate that? Well, it goes back to the word. Right. If you're importing worldly ideologies you're not you're not emulating christ christ never pulled in other teachings he didn't pull in other ideologies right. he solely spoke as he said only that which the father wanted him to speak and so it was with with authority he spoke biblically vividly prophetically uncompromisingly as should we and and what was the result Oh, the religious leaders really got their toes stepped on. They hated yep. it yep. because you know they couldn't speak authoritatively on their own. They were well, Rabbi so and so says this, or you know this you know commentary says that, and so therefore they never spoke authoritatively. Yet Christ, without hesitation, spoke authoritatively. And when our our focus is on His Word, we speak authoritatively. Right. Well, we speak authoritatively, and, um, and 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 we do it simply. Yes. Um, I don't mean basic. I mean simply. Yes. And uh, one of the one of the my takeaways from that was, you know, he he said the greatest pressure of ministry today is wrought with a desire to reinvent or invigorate the gospel. Yes. Or reinvigorate the gospel. Yes. And um, and then and then again reaching forward to pull something that was said <laughs> later uh, the message doesn't change the method so the message doesn't change the method doesn't change the mission doesn't change the but that the messenger changes yes right? with each generation uh, and that was I think Steve Lawson said that today um, but you know it's 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 we don't need to reinvigorate or reinvent anything no. um, and, and we, we have everything we need in Christ. We have everything we need in the living word and the written word. Amen. We, we don't need anything else. And um, I didn't write it down, but I think, I think one of the things he said, he's like, you know, when, when Christ is the one who, who sends you, all you need is a stick. Yes. Because yes. in, in, in Mark, uh, in Mark 6, uh, 6 through 13, um, that's what you see. He told them, he gave them a list of what, the disciples, a list of what not to take and what to take. And, and he made the comment. He said, so when Christ is the one who calls you and, sit and, and, and commissions you, all you need is a stick. Yeah. You don't need anything else. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's something that, that we've talked about on Matter of Theology and something that I've, I've shared with some other brothers of mine um, uh, is, is about burnout in ministry. Yes. Um, and, uh, and so I'm going to, I'm going to quote Austin here, but then I'm going to quote MacArthur, uh, from, from a previous sermon. Not, he didn't say that, say this at the shepherd's conference, but, um, Austin said this, he said, quote, you want to prevent burnout in ministry. Remember who put you there. Amen. Right. Amen. Remember who, let's go back to the sovereignty of God. Yes. Remember who put you there. Uh, don't despise. So I, uh, let me, 
Let me say this, and then I'll, I'll share that MacArthur quote that I was telling mm-hmm. you about from Second Corinthians four. Um, but um, don't despise the sheep pen. Yes. Uh, when I say that, here's what I'm referring to. Before David was called to be king, what was he doing? He's a shepherd. He's a shepherd tending the sheep. Yeah. Don't despise the sheep pen that the Lord has placed you in. Understand that the Lord knows where you are. Understand that Christ is interceding for the saint on behalf of the saints to the Father. And then the Spirit is interceding for us with groanings that are too deep for words according to the will of God. Don't despise yeah. where he has you. That's They didn't talk about that. I'm saying that. Yeah. That was one of my takeaways after listening to this. Uh, but then the whole burnout thing, thats the reason I'm saying that too is because I heard MacArthur say years ago, um, 2 Corinthians 4.1 says, therefore we have this ministry by the mercy of God. Okay? Um, and so he said, MacArthur said this years ago, he said the reason that burnout happens is because typically we think higher of ourselves than we ought. Our expectations of ourselves are wrong. They are wrong. They're backwards. Um, so, um, and so Austin talks about the, the call, the ministry is 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 one of emulating Christ, um, and and the voice of ministry is uh, is is one of courage. And he he went on to talk about John the Baptist and said that, that inevitably, inevitably, that the call to ministry is often accompanied by a platter for your head to be yes. placed on as it's severed. Um, now. Hopefully, none of the people listening to this will ever be decapitated physically. Mm-hmm. But the call to ministry is a call to die. Yeah, The call to ministry is to, again, reaching forward to pull back, is to be both <laughs> loved and hated at the same time. Amen. Uh, and so Austin unpacked what John the Baptist went through. and um, Fantastic sermon. Yeah, and I think for those pastors sitting there, what an encouragement because... You know, you say, like you say, you know, we're not facing like literal beheadings. Yet. But yet. It's very true. Um, But at the same time, today there's been such compromise with the world that we see it happening now. That to stand firmly on the word of God means that even within evangelicalism, you could be called out, attacked, assaulted, canceled. And, and marked as divisive, hatred, hateful, etc. And what did Austin encourage these pastors? Stand firmly, be courageous, courageous. You know, speak the truth, emulate Christ, do exactly as he did. And if you do, you may be beheaded for it. You may, your reward may be martyrdom. And so in this day and age, I mean, it's, to think about, you know, John the Baptist and what it cost him. To, to think about Christ and what it cost right, him. Right. You know, we are no greater than our master. If he, if we're hated, right. remember that he was hated first. So, the, to be told that that's that that's a rarity in a in, in a in a Christian conference anymore. When you're, when you're speaking to pastors and telling them how to how to do an X Y Z or whatever for the church, you never hear. By the way. Serving God may cost you your life. To me, that actually serves as an encouragement because it tells those who are um, preaching the truth and are standing boldly that they can identify themselves 
with their Savior and with those who stood alongside him and paid the price. And that is something that's sorely needed because I think when we, look, we all struggle with when bad things happen in our lives. Sure. You know, we we go, we kind of have this tacit way of saying, God, why would you let this happen? Now, we may not use those words, but we we certainly will have an attitude that reflects that. And I'm guilty of it myself. Same. when you recognize the promise of scripture that this is what you will face it frees you from having to worry about will something negative happen of course something negative will happen absolutely you are you were purchased with a price by the one who had something negative happen to him so such an encouragement you don't have to fear because you already know the promise of, of what you will face right and I think that's that was you know Austin's sermon on that you know this emulation of Christ and recognizing the the work of um, that that I, the work of our ministry is invincible it can't be stopped you may you may be promoted to headquarters so to speak if they take you out of this life but the work of the gospel never stops and it will never Amen. be stopped Amen. and that's what that was I think such a, a powerful. Uh, your way to present that to the pastors here. Yeah, that's good, brother. That's good. What about Paul Twist, man? Oh, that was was that your first time here, Paul? I think I've heard him before. I okay. think I heard him. I did not attend in 2020. I watched via Same. live stream, and I think, if I remember correctly, I think I heard him. He preached in. Yeah. And Paul, and I, it, from what I uh, was told, I was not the only one to say this. Paul Twist's sermon was just sweet now it's not not all sweet just a sweet balm to the soul brother paul 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 twist's sermon was i haven't digested today's really um sorry folks no that's all good uh i haven't digested today's but paul's sermon is the one that over the last three days from a devotional standpoint, from a personal standpoint, uh, has been the one that has resonated the most with me. Mm-hmm. So Paul, or Paul, Paul Twist, um, uh, Dr. Paul Twist, he is um, uh, he teaches Old Testament um, at the Master's Seminary. Uh, he was also on the translation team for the Legacy Standard Bible. Um, and he preached about the doctrine of the ascension. The ascension of Christ, um, and how that is uh, that is one that gives uh, that gives us power. That was his theme: is unashamed power. Um, and his points were the ascension proclaims Christ's return, um, and the, how uh, you know the, the 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 fact that Christ ascended into heaven. That's that's what gives us that blessed hope uh, that we find later in Scripture. Um, the hope that we have rests on the return of Christ because he ascended. Um, and then the ascension teaches that everything is going to plan. Um, and uh, and he, he was preaching out of Luke 24. And in verse 51, um, uh, it says that, that he was blessing them. Um, and, and he pointed out that Luke's favorite phrase is, it is, it is necessary, or something yes, similar to that. Yes. Um, and... And, and one that we must know that everything is a going according to plan. And, and Paul said this, and this is one of my favorite quotes from this whole sermon. He said, quote, even in your trials, 
God's goodness can be found. Amen. Very close quote. Um, and so choose to, um, and, and when, when Paul was saying choose to here, he's like, make an effort to find a resting place in the doctrine of ascension. Um, and how the, the, the ascension speaks to our power. Now, if you're out there and you're a little charismatic, you're going to be like, yeah, power, Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, he said, uh, you know, that when, 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 when Christ ascended, um, notice the disciples' response. Right, he goes up in power. They fall to their knees and worship. Yes, and so and what did Christ say? Those who will be first will be last. Those who lay down their lives, though, though they will be lifted up. They will be glorified in the last days. And so, by Christ ascending, our response is to worship there, to rest there, um, and, and and it changes the interpretation of ourselves mm -hmm. and how we see ourselves. Um, uh, brother, here's another one. The ascension proclaims Christ's care. Yes. Right? And and, and he said this, and, and I'm paraphrasing. I didn't catch the, the exact quote just because I was writing so fast and and was also getting emotional at the time. But he's uh, paraphrasing here. As Jesus ascended, he began his most pastoral ministry to mm -hmm. the saints, to the apostles that were there, and to us as the saints. His intercession for us on behalf of us yes. to the Father. Um, and, and Paul's, Paul's uh, so what, his exhortation there was, do you minister this to your own heart? Mm -hmm. Do you communicate this to your own heart that Christ is interceding for you? And, and then do you communicate that to, to those around you and those in your care? Um, is that Christ is, is doing that? Yeah, and you know, th and the thing about that that uh, I, I made because I made a note to, uh, with regard to that is that he's you know, and this is just my notes based off what he said is that you know, Christ saves to the uttermost. So yeah. with that in mind, yeah, he doesn't want me to make a shipwreck of my faith. He right. doesn't want me to wreck it upon you know the rocky shoals. Right. Why is he? So what does he do? He's just interceding. He's interceding. So his work, his ascension, as you, as you just put, he, uh, we're just saying, marked the begin beginning of his interceding for the saints. And just I think that was the, the thing about you know we we you and I were talking about this. This is not a doctrine that's often talked about. We it's rarely, not one that I thought a lot about. Right, we don't, we don't, and, it, and it's it was so very important. He's and he spent so much time, but that was one of the sweetest moments. He, why did Christ go? Why did he ascend? Why did he not stay right here? And I love what he was saying. It's like if if Christ was here with me, my sermons would be great. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> if if Christ was with me, and you know, and, and I could ask him what to do, I I wouldn't do things wrong. No, it wouldn't. No, that's not how it would go. He ascended to heaven, and and we know that one of the reasons he when he ascended is he sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who would lead us into all truth. But what he also did is that he ascended and he sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes. Yeah. That this is what I loved about. Not all of these sermons were about hey. Stand on the gospel, so we're fighting against these these assaults. Stand on the word of God, so you don't import you know worldly ideologies. But right. also, the idea of preaching the word 
is these sweet balms to the soul, this, this, these doctrines that bring us such comfort and assurance. This idea that, you know, it, you know as he also said, it, it, the ascension anticipates our exaltation. Right. That there's coming a time yeah, that you know, when, um, as he was ascending, you know, they're humbled they, and, and they serve from that day forward because Christ's exaltation points to their own. That's something we, we've always said is we fix our eyes on eternity, right? Mm -hmm. How, so the ascension points to that, that we one day will spend eternity, that we will be exalted. And so yeah. that gave them the drive and the reason to serve humbly right. and, and that they would... Uh, that they would one day be changed, and then you know that that the ascension gives us purpose. I mean, he, he, you know, yeah, that was good. That was awesome. He that says, you know, good. the apostles race back to Jerusalem, and they now understand that their responsibility to preach the gospel is real. They just watched the risen. I mean, what did they say before he ascends? Are you are you going to establish your kingdom now? You know, the, right. still in the knucklehead moment, but after his ascension, and then after. You know, the, you know, the, uh, when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them at, at Pentecost, what happens? They never once ever again are looking to establish the kingdom here now in the way that they were hoping Jesus would then. Right. It is this, per the, the, it, the ascension gave them a purpose that their responsibility to preach the gospel, that they were to preach that people would one day die and be risen from the grave and go to heaven eternally. It's a real responsibility, a real message to be preached. And that gave purpose. Yeah. You know, it gave them purpose. Yeah, and then the last thing, I'll leave this one to you, was the, that it informs, that ascension informs our worship. This is oh, your bread man. and butter right here. Man, yeah. I, I, what's funny about that, brother, is I wrote down two sentences um, for that. And I knew, I, I, I man... The gospel's complete, right? Yeah, and in that moment, you see the, the, the ascension happens. And what did the disciples do? They go to the temple. Yes. And what are they doing? They're worshiping. They're worshiping the risen and ascended Christ. Where else would we be? Amen. Amen. Where yes. else would we be other than that? Christ has ascended. He is interceding. It gives us purpose. It gives us hope. It anticipates our exaltation and our being risen with our elder brother, with our king. Where else would we be? What else could we do yes. than to fall on our faces and exalt the risen and ascended Christ? Amen. Amen. So, yeah, yeah it was absolutely one of the sweetest sermons yeah. and, and such a balm. And, and, and I think, like I said, you know, these pastors hearing that, it's like... We can sit there and talk about Vody's on fire sermon about Ooh. the and oh my word was it you know an absolute fire sermon, but Paul twists his sermon is, is is a reminder that preaching the gospel isn't just about um, simply defeating you know Marxist ideologies, but it's it's about giving people comfort and peace and purpose and power and a reason to worship yeah. that's what the word contains and when we read about these things that again most of us yeah he died and rose uh, rose from the grave ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the father it's 
part of our creeds, it's part of our confessions, but we, how often do we talk about his ascension? And you know the promises that come with that, and, and the things that are implied. I'm going to study it more. It, I, we need to, yeah. but I think that was such a great message as a result of that. And again, these are folks. We encourage you when these become available, listen to listen them. Listen to them. Listen to them. And it, it, this will inform you more on when you when you share the gospel, when you talk to people, when you're on on online, when you make your videos or podcasts. But remember, what were the what were these messages directed to? Pastors and teachers of the word. So when you listen to them and you go, yes, and amen, also pray for the pastors that are hearing this because they need this. They need yeah. to take this back to the to them. So, okay, uh, we talked about Paul. Which one do you want to go with next now? Well, I mean, Vodis was next. <laughs> Vodis was uh, straight fire, man. Bro. I mean... Vody spent probably half the sermon talking about all but four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> literally now, talking about you know how you know all these assaults upon the gospel. This text was Romans 1, 16 and seventeen. Yes. Yeah. And just these attacks and these assaults upon the scriptures. Yep. And then powerhouses. I mean, I call it a one-two punch. You know, Vody's been under attack just for a mere rumor. I mean, just because somebody suggested as a joke that he should run for SBC president, and mm-hmm. the, and and the 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 screeching uh, shrill uh, beasts of the SBC have come out and try and attempt to to cancel him again. And, and and they have a uh, they have of course entirely misrepresenting him. Uh, you know, uh, 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 bringing up old stuff, uh, bringing up bringing up sermons where the, he says something that they say, oh, the, the con. It doesn't matter what the context is; it's still horrible. Vody cannot say the sky is blue without somebody trying to rip him uh, uh, apart. And yet he comes in. All these individuals who have think that they can destroy a lifetime of godly service. Uh, by a few mean tweets of their own, um, I thought mean tweets were were not nice. Oh, that's right. It's mm. it's only it's only not nice when you don't, when it's the other side. Got it. Never mind. Um, moving on. But uh, <laughs> but he utterly guts the idea that these ideologies offer anything. And in fact, like I said earlier. It steals from someone. It steals what they from what they truly need, and just kneecaps it. Kneecaps every one of these arguments, but then lands the the second punch, and just powerfully delivers the gospel. Yeah, it he, was such an amazing sermon. He uh, so his points were, um, you know, number one, we must not be ashamed of the gospel. <coughs> Um, and, 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 you know, a reminder of where Paul wrote Romans and what was happening. Paul was a criminal. He was repeating this way. He said he was what they call a repeat offender. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. His message was anathema at the time. Um, you know, and this was, this goes along. Here's something that, that brother that stood out to me. Okay. So you've got, right. I talked about the transfiguration piece, right? 
Um, uh, and, and none of us saw that. Therefore, none of us have the experience even close to that, so we mm-hmm. don't get to add our experience into Scripture. So, but Vodi brought this in on the negative side. You know, Paul could have been ashamed of the gospel. And he would have had, based on his experience, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, he would have had more of a right to be than anybody. Yes. Right, with everything he went through. Um, but he wasn't. Okay? Um, it's it's easier in today's world to not be not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. Yet there are many who are ashamed of the gospel. And, and, and one of my favorite quotes by Vodi was this, quote, we cannot have clarity of the gospel if we are ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Um, and, uh, I mean, he mentioned that the gospel of anti-racism looks at the biblical gospel and calls it wicked, uh, which, which of course, we, we see that constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, then his number, second point was we must have confidence in the gospel. Yes. Do we believe in the power of the gospel, that it's able to address all matters? Mm-hmm. All matters. Um, do we believe that the gospel is our greatest need personally? Right. Um, and again, this is geared towards pastors, preachers, and leaders. To, to anybody listening to this, do you believe that the gospel is your greatest need? Um, and, 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 and this, again, also goes for all of us. If we do believe that the gospel is our greatest need, we will preach the gospel. Because if it's our greatest need, it's everyone's greatest need. Amen. Um, number three was we must be in, indiscriminate in the gospel. Yes. Uh, we've got to have a biblical view of Christ in one another. Again, the gospel is sufficient to address all things. And then we have to be rooted and grounded in the gospel. Um, and and I, I'm paraphrasing Devotee here, but anything that isn't the gospel is demonic and devastating because it robs someone of the opportunity to be given what they need, the Amen. true gospel. Amen. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but, um, and then, yeah, I mean, he, he unpacked this obviously a whole lot more than I just did, that we just did. Um, but, and then he presented the gospel in quite possibly um, one of the most booming and powerful ways that I've ever heard. Yeah. I, Personally, I, I that I've ever heard. It yeah, is, which is absolutely classic for Vody. Um, and I would not expect anything less. I, when you know when you were talking about the, uh, the the third point being indiscriminate in the gospel. Yeah. I love what he said. He's like, do we believe everyone needs the gospel? Or yeah. do we do we feel like we need to divide the world to, into oppressors who need to be saved by works? In other words, you and I we're the oppressor types in the only way and, and is, and I know Virgil and Daryl have talked about this. You're on this endless treadmill of works, and you never get off. Nope. You, you, the idea is, well, you have a unique set of sins, and the only way that those can be taken care of is by this constant set of works. Right. right. So, so, so do, you, do we Yeah, divide, that was good. That was good, yeah. yeah do we divide that. it that way and say they, there's these oppressors, but then there's the oppressed who needs to be delivered, not saved, Delivered. Delivered right. in That's a worldly good. sense. And that was that thing I thought was so powerful because, it, he, as he pointed out, if we think we need something more than the gospel, then we are ashamed of the gospel. And that is what so many people are absolutely sold on. No, no, no. We've got to do this because this is a gospel issue, except that the gospel is about reconciliation, 
not with races, but with man yep. to God. Yep. The gospel is about reconciling sinful man to a holy God. Amen. And so if you take you know this idea of well there there has to be this you know uh, you know this recompense and reconciliation between man because we're supposed to be, we're supposed to love our neighbor etc and you turn that into the and and that was something else Vody pointed out was it was that well this is related to the gospel but now it is the gospel yeah it's no longer because you have your even ex candy types who say that a gospel of salvation is racist why because a gospel of salvation means that I'm reconciled to God despite everything I've ever done in my life because Christ took the wrath of God upon himself. Mm-hmm. And so That's he good. takes my sin, I get his righteousness, guess what, I'm forgiven. Now if I'm forgiven, you don't get to put me on a treadmill with a carrot in front of me and say chase after this stick in hopes that one day you are forgiven. Well, and ultimately, I think the reason that Ibram X. Kendi doesn't uh, like the gospel of say or the yeah savior theology savior uh, theology is, right, right, right. is because that would sincerely dent his back pocket. Oh, just a little bit. <laughs> when you when you remove uh, the victimization of people, you take away the these people's livelihoods. And Absolutely, that doesn't work. Yeah, um, brother Phil Johnson. Oh, love Phil. Manliness. Yes manliness yes that was a, he did a great job he did, he really did a great job i i, I phil's one of those guys that he's one of my favorite preachers period absolutely unassuming and i, I find myself when i sit underrated down, and when i sit down and listen to phil i don't really take notes i just nope. listen to him because yep. he's he, pre- he preaches so wonderfully yes but he was speaking from joshua 1 6 through 9 yeah be yeah. strong and courageous right yeah, yeah. and he was talking about how Joshua's commission applies to all biblical leadership. That's right. So he, he here's here's Joshua getting ready to go in to the promised land. He's being told, "Be strong and courageous. Why? For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to get to give them." Right. So here's this promise of God. He's been told it's already the victory's already assured. So what is his job to do? To be strong and courageous and to go do the work. Mm-hmm. And that same, you know, that same command goes out to all biblical leadership. In fact, he pointed out just how often Paul's writings parallel the very principles that we see drawn out of that. Yeah. And that you know, pastors, while they may not be in a physical war as Joshua was, is in that spiritual warfare. But I like what Phil said. The stakes are higher because in the physical war, in the physical warfare, the body can be destroyed. But in the spiritual warfare, what did Christ tell us? If you're not, you know, don't fear him who can kill the body, but fear him who can kill the body and cast you into eternity into hell. The stakes are higher because they're eternal. There are eternal consequences for that, and. um, you know, he pointed to Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter two, yep. which same thing. Timothy being told to be strong and courageous. One thing I loved that he did is he he literally gutted the toxic masculinity line. That's you know, so good. Yeah, you know, he says, "Look, we are called to exemplify masculine uh, courage." You know, and that there that the fact that as he said, muscular strength and masculine courage are 
virtues. These yeah. are things God yeah. gave yeah. us, yeah. you know, and they're not toxic no. masculinity. No. But when, but then he flipped it a little bit, and he did say, you know, that if you have a thirst for conflict, it's a disqualifier. that's a disqualifier. Yeah. You know, so it's like just because you were built for these things mentally, emotionally, physically, doesn't mean that you should go on a tear to destroy everything. And I did love that he pointed that out. Um, but yeah, the, the thing that he said that I love so much was that um, real manual, manliness starts with Christ-like strength and courage. You know, you look at Christ, you look how he, you know, unashamedly, unabashedly, boldly proclaimed the gospel, yeah. taught people, called out uh, false teachers, called out lies, had no fear. Yeah. So those, that's manliness. That's genuine manliness. That's is where that's where it starts. And so I loved how he how he took uh, people through that and pointed again, being strong and courageous. God's promise is already assured. The victory is already delivered. We don't have to try to figure out how to work this on our own. It's already given over. And so you have, you have that ability to be strong and courageous because it doesn't depend upon you yeah yeah that's it brother that's it and then oh man hb oh. hb charles man um you know i mean he's pointing out the world is the world things are bad they're gonna get worse mm -hmm. uh but yet paul we see paul instructing timothy to stick with the scriptures um We've already talked about a lot of this, but I mean, HB's sermon was so good. Uh, the Word of God is the one that saves. Sin is the problem. Jesus is the answer, and Scripture is the truth. He said, "Yeah." Uh, uh, pointed out to be faithful. Um, you cannot be reactionary. Um, faithful teachers are continued learners. Learn and firmly believe, and 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 soaking in biblical knowledge and, and and in doing so when we soak in biblical knowledge it's it's whatever we're soaking in we become fully convinced of yes uh, because <laughs> scripture is sure um, and um, and so when it comes to those who twist scripture this is one of my favorite quotes from the whole conference man he said if the Bible is the self-revelation of God then misinterpretation of scripture is misrepresenting God. Amen. Amen. And that's Whoa. and that's powerful. That's I mean that 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 takes your Andy Stanleys and throws them right under a bus. You know, and I can say that because, you know, John J Mac actually, you know, threw threw Andy Stanley right under the bus tonight. I thought that was great. Uh, <laughs> going to Andy Stanley's church, dust off your old testament. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that was great. But um, when you have people who play spiritual origami with the Word of God, and then you stand there and try to say, oh, I'm representing God. No, you are not. You are not representing God. You are misrepresenting God. And to misrepresent God... Is exactly what Satan did. Exactly. You're a child of Satan. Okay. That's exactly it. So... No, that was when he said that. That was absolute, just a, a massive mic drop moment. Yeah, uh, a true church is a is a, a true disciple making church is a teaching church. 
Um, he talks about the nature of Scripture uh, is the foundation for expository preaching. And then here was a, and you pointed this out earlier. Don't just shout at the darkness. Turn yeah. on the light. Amen. Turn on the light. Correct. Reprove and correct. Um, and it's super, super important. Um, and then he said, expository preaching is a view of scripture, not a style of sermon. Amen. That was so good. So, so good. So, um, so brother, today, man, um, you know, our last day, we had Dr. Mike Riccardi uh, talking about endurance. Go ahead. I want to. I want to finish that quote. I had to go look for it because he actually had it on his on his Instagram. Expos- HB did. Yes, he did. Oh, okay, cool. I love the other part of this. Oh, okay, cool. He says, "Expository preaching is a view of scripture, not a style of sermon. How you preach betrays what you believe about scripture. If the Bible is the Word of God, why are you running about looking for something to, to say? Thing. Preach the Word. I mean, my word." Mike, drop fire moment. Just that you know that you know we have the sure word of God. What else would you go running around looking for? Absolutely no. I just I wanted to get that because yeah, no, no, no. Thank you, brother. That was such an amazing. Yeah, I didn't have the full quote, and I happened to catch that earlier on Instagram. So I wanted to go find it while you were bringing that up. That was absolutely. What are you running around for, looking for something to say? Oh, yep, yep. Um. You know, so and then today, I mean, Mike Riccardi, uh, last day of the conference, Mike Riccardi talks about unashamed endurance, um, and how the Christian's life will be marked by affliction, um, and uh, and he said this. He said, "quote Our culture has never been more hostile towards the gathering of believers." Yes. Period. Close quote. Um, and he walked through Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen about not losing heart. Yes. How we draw strength from the proper power, we maintain the proper perspective, and we keep the proper preoccupation. Yes. Uh, so good. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I love when you said, you know, drawing from the proper power. It's not being drawn from the strength of the outer man and our, our own physical selves, so to speak, but rather we're... Because that's wasting away. It's dying. You know, yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's, it's going to be worm food someday. But we draw our strength on the from the inner man, which is the heart, soul, and spiritual man created, recreated in Christ, mm. being renewed by the Holy Spirit. So our, you know, he's telling these pastors, you know, when we're preaching this, you know, you got to, you know, you're telling your people draw strength from the the you know the the, the person that you've been recreated to be that is empowered by Christ yeah. is empowered by His word yeah again we're telling people run around and do all these different things you know 12 steps to a better marriage here's how you reconcile races here's all these physical worldly That's temporal good. things no no <laughs> we draw strength from the word we draw strength from the spirit the, the this new created being that we are absolutely yeah and then you know maintaining the proper perspective i uh, you know i love when he talked about that you know, Paul speaking of the light and momentary affliction. And it's like, Michael was absolutely uh, uh, brilliant on this. He's like, if you know, if he were to look at, you know, Paul's back and, and for all the beatings that he took, he says, a lot. I, I, you wouldn't think his, his affliction was light and momentary. Right. But it was that perspective of, what was, what was the line he gave us? It was that um, it can only last a lifetime. A lifetime. You know, our affliction can only last a, a lifetime. 
meaning that eventually it stops and it doesn't follow us into eternity and that's the that's the right proper perspective is that that uh, that when we face affliction we are and we're facing these difficulties we have to you know have an eternal view and i think and i guilty as, as charged mm-hmm. i do not Same. do that near enough do not do that near Same, enough brother. and um but yeah, I love that. It can only last a lifetime. That was funny. That was that was a brilliant line. That was good. brilliant. It's good. So. so then we come to uh, as Austin Austin Duncan was the MC slash preacher. Um, <laughs> Say that nobody's junior school or Sunday school or no, junior high is over or something like that. <laughs> so here you come, Steve and, and John. Um, Steve said, unashamed, preach the word. Amen. Amen. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 5. Uh, I I took the most notes. I And this always happens with Steve. I always <laughs> take the most notes when Steve Lawson preaches. Um, oh, when Steve preaches, he's got he's got points upon points. And so it makes it easy to go, okay, he's going these many points and you just keep going. <laughs> it's easy to take notes. It's easy to follow along. And, you know, I mean, he pointed out, and I, I put this on social media, the preacher has absolutely nothing to say mm-hmm. apart from the word Amen. of God. And I think a, a good reminder that he gave <coughs> in his first point, the seriousness of the charge, he, he, he pointed out that each that the quality of each man's ministry will be examined, not the quantity. Mm-hmm. The quality, the the depth of of, of the of the ministry will be examined and and because of that we must be god-fearing men we must oh, oh bro this quote we must seek amens from heaven not the applauses of man amen man okay okay um and then he talked about the substance of the charge of course being preaching preach not chat not share not gab but preach caruso in the greek a herald you are a spokesman of the king. You are an executive instrument. Um, you do not change the message. You preach the word, the scriptures, Amen. the sacred writings, the word of God. Um, you don't you don't chat about your opinions or experiences. Going back to that again. Amen. You you, you preach and herald. You you herald the message of your king. Um, uh, and he put any 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 illuminated for. All of us there, and our, yeah. all everybody listening, that that a herald in 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 the king's day, back back when this, the scriptures were written, is is one who did not dare deviate from the message in any way, shape, or form. Didn't take out, didn't add to, didn't shift around, didn't ignore. He said the herald said everything down to the last jot and tittle that his king gave him to say. Yeah, and the herald was there to proclaim the message, and that was it. You weren't Period. there. You weren't there to negotiate. You weren't there to you know sue for terms. You weren't there to bring anything of your own. You were there to give the message and leave. Yeah, that was the point of the herald, and that's what we are when we when we're proclaiming the word. We ha- we don't have words of our own. We are to proclaim God's words and His alone. Right, right. Um, and he got into that and the specifics of the charge. This is the regulative principle of preaching, is what he called it. And I yeah. love that. Um, he said, "Be ready." That "be ready" is a military term, meaning it's it's a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. a 
all the time, um, at, at, at the drop of a, of a hat, at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. you are ready to reprove or expose. Um, if there's no reproof, there's no preaching, Steve said. Amen. Um, and then you rebuke. You're giving a warning. You're correcting. You exhort. And this is the one he, that, that he talked about and he landed on and it really got to me is this is a call to respond. It's like, don't be too proud yeah. to beg people into heaven. Call for the verdict. Uh, and he pointed out that the, Edward, uh, Jonathan Edwards, uh, someone who specialized, a historian, and Edwards pointed out that Edwards always had three points to his sermons. Yes. And the first two points were like the ammunition to load the cannon. Yes. And the third point, which was the exhortation, is the firing of the cannon. Yes. And he's like, there are there are too many preachers today who, you know, they do all the things right. They parse the verbs. They 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 unpack the original languages. Moving moving on, so on and so forth. But they never they load the cannon, but they never fire the cannon. Yes. And he said, that there's no persuasion. There's no preaching. Amen. Um, and brother, I mean, you talked. I mean, you know, I talked about that standing in line or walking through the book tent. It's just like, I mean, even with what we do on on podcasts, is are we sharing the gospel? Right. Are we uh, are, are are we calling for exhorting the will, getting to the so what of whatever we're talking about, but right. specifically when it comes to the gospel? Yeah. Amen. And it's one of those things that. I think because we we sometimes we'll get caught up in the theological discussions of of uh, you know God is 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 sovereign in salvation and stuff like that that this idea of exhortation as he said that that calling for a verdict that courtroom yep. scenario yep. that uh, it, it, that call to respond to what has been said yeah you know there is there is a wrong way to present the gospel where we're we're basically trying to make it palatable and trying to get people to to kind of elicit a an emotional response and so we all would agree that that's wrong right well except the people who are doing it so um but but that does not preclude us from calling uh, out and proclaiming the truth and calling people through tears even to respond to the gospel yeah that's not, that's not me trying to manipulate you emotionally. Look how upset I am that if you don't. But rather, I know what's going to happen if you reject the word. I know yeah. where you're headed. This isn't arrogance. This isn't pride. This isn't me nope. you know, nope. playing some game with you. This is me telling you the truth. Yeah. And I know, I know what will happen to you apart from the gospel. And so even if it's through our tears... Even if we are begging, we don't know who God is going to redeem. So we proclaim that message with the same passion, the same vigor, the same emotions driven by the truth. Not emotions that manipulate truth, but yeah, emotions good. driven by truth to you know, call for that response. And I love that he said that because I think it's something that in our theological discussions about the sovereignty of God and salvation, we can easily neglect that concept of exhortation yeah, yeah, that yeah. we are calling for a person to respond to the gospel. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Um, I think a big thing, uh, just kind of a, a applying to the culture that we're seeing today, is you know we we um, we exhort with great patience. So we stay yes. the course, and um, uh, I mean great great patience, long suffering. Stay the course with instruction, with theology, and 
Of course, he mentioned one of my favorite quotes by the doctor, Martin Lord Jones, what is preaching is theology on fire. Amen. Um, and, uh, and then he gets into the why, in this, and Paul gets into the why. Um, those in the church who won't endorse sound doctrine, there are those in the church who accumulate for themselves, those who will pour honey into their ears, yes. you know, and, um, and, and uh, you know, uh, again, back to Lloyd-Jones, uh, told the story about him saying that he never lets the patient write the prescription. Yes. Uh, which is so good. Oh, yes. Um, but uh, it's the physician. And, uh, uh, but um, he said, but as for, you know, but you, Paul said, but you remain sober, remain level-headed, remain calm, remain focused, remain resolved, endure hardship. And I mentioned this earlier, you will be the most loved and the most hated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrote down this quote, no one gets a game jersey without blood on their practice yes, jersey. Amen. Amen. Um, so, um, you know, hang in there, endure hardship. Yes. Uh, he said, and everybody lost, they kind of laughed here, but uh, why is the grass greener on the other side? Is because there's manure on the yes. other side. Stay yeah. where you are. Again, don't despise the sheep pen. Yes. Be where you are. Yes. Um, do the work of an evangelist. That every expositor must, must be, be an, evangelist. an evangelist. I know you, you, yeah. you put that on a quote on social media. Um, you know, add the word come to your vocabulary. And we need to have soul searching preaching. Amen. Um, Amen. So, and then fulfill your ministry. Which yeah. is everything that Paul just wrote, you do all of it, not right. some of it. It's not, I take a little of this, a little of that. It's multiple choice. No, you do all of it. That's how you fulfill the ministry. Yeah. Then, brother, wrapping up the, the conference was uh, Dr. MacArthur with Unashamed Worship. Yeah. And uh, brother, I mean, he talked about a lot he did. He, he did. talked about a lot. Uh, Psalm 1 and 2 being gates, the gate of worship. Uh, we see that. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, then moved into back to where Steve was with fulfilling the ministry and, mm-hmm. um, and, and being sober-minded. I love this. This don't just take people at face, face value. Yeah. Don't be short-sighted. Yes. That's huge, man. Um, and Dr. MacArthur talked about how God puts severe restrictions on worship yes yes bro go ahead what do you say well i was just gonna say i mean that's one of those things that you know he spent probably a good portion of his sermon talking about because one of the things he brought up was that and and we don't see this being practiced in so much of evangelicalism worship is done by who believers believers and so what and so that those severe restrictions are there to ensure that the because you you can't just come to God with what you call worship. Right. If you're not in That's Christ, good. you you can't just present whatever you want and call That's it good. worship. That's, That's blasphemy. Good. That's good. Right? So if we are representing God to the people and calling them to worship, we represent his word and his commands to his People, That's right. you know, and so yeah, he spent a lot of time right. on that, and I thought it was absolutely what a what a necessary what a necessary time that was spent in that. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and and again, I mentioned this earlier, going back to the seeker sensitive, the pragmatic. It's just like you know, brother, there was a church locally uh, where I'm from. I'm, I'm live north and west of Atlanta, Georgia, and 
there's a church locally, man, that's super secret oriented. They they have their worship experiences, and uh, you guys didn't, couldn't see Chris, but his eyes rolled so far in the back of his head that he fell backwards. <laughs> um, but um, and, and then brother, they were the kind of people that every every Lord's Day after every Lord's Day service, they'd be like, there were this many decisions today. Ugh. Um, you know, and uh, the, the Charles Finney anxious bench and all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, Dr. MacArthur pointed out, decisions aren't evidence of anything. No. It's about transformation. Yes. How do you tell a believer between a non-believer? If God, I mean, God restricts worship to, for the believers, for the edification of the believers, for the for the admonishment of the believers, as Paul said in Colossians 3.16, then, then how do you tell the wheat from the tares. Yeah. How do you tell the unbelievers from the from from the believers? Um, and it's about transformation. Yes. And it isn't. And Dr. MacArthur masterfully walked through and showed how it isn't just the New Testament that talks about transformation. It's all of Scripture. Deuteronomy thirty, Jeremiah eleven, Jeremiah twenty four, Jeremiah thirty one, Ezekiel eleven, Ezekiel thirty six. Uh, of course, Ephesians two. Uh, back to uh, he was in Ephesians four multiple times. Multiple yes. times. Romans six, John six, Colossians three, Romans six again, and uh, and and you know Malachi. Malachi, what he ended it with was amazing. Um, but bro, I mean, it was just. I one of the things, and I told you we were going to talk about this. <laughs> we've, we've gotten towards the you know latter half here. Um, this is a long episode, but yeah. if you stuck with us, then here you go. Um, look, there are so many uh, people in Reformed culture, professing Reformed evangelical Christians today, call themselves Reformed, who are Reformed in their soteriology to a degree. Yeah. And, and here's what you hear, right? When there's, when there's filthiness in the church when there's leaven in the mm-hmm. church, when there's nonsense from the pulpit, when there's terse and coarse and uh, words and jesting and um, uh, just a, a, a love of carnality that's unhealthy and below reproach, mm-hmm. okay? Um, what you hear is this. Will they get the gospel right? Yeah. Okay, but that's not, that's not everything. No, and, and and at first when I say that, I know there are people listening going, "You said the gospel's not everything." <laughs> yeah, I did, <laughs> because those in Matthew seven who said, "Lord, Lord," they knew the gospel. Yeah, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons? We, Lord Jesus, I know who you are. I know what you've done. Look what I've done. Mm-hmm. And what does he say? Depart from me. I never knew you because there was no transformation. I didn't know you and you weren't known by me. Yes. You were, I didn't know, you didn't know me and I wasn't known by you. Yeah. I think I said that right. I'm tired. So, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Yes. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, when, when Dr. MacArthur took us through all those passages so much over and over oh. again, the, the, so good. Not only obedience, but the desire to be obedient, bro, right? Bro. And the transformation, you know, not not just um, you know, uh, not not just checking the block, 
but doing so out of a sincere, changed heart yeah. that you couldn't want but to do, to do those things. That's what, you know, when he says transformation, that's what he's talking about. So when you hear, well, they get the gospel right, what you're saying is, well, they get the presentation of the basic tenets of the gospel right. What is the gospel? The gospel is all, as, as, my, as my buddy Rich, uh, you know, who can't be here, um, would say. We love you, Rich. <laughs> love you, Rich, man. I wish you could be here. Very much. Um, the gospel is contained in all 66 books of scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And so when we're saying preach the gospel, we're also saying when you come to Christ and you make a profession of faith, there is a transformation. Now you don't, your being obedient and everything doesn't per se prove that 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 you're saved, but it is a fruit that we can see. And when you have a heart's desire, when when sin is offensive to you, when 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 it uh, causes you just a a visceral reaction that you don't want it, when you come in repentance, when you're on your face in worship, when you pray and you study and you practice, these are things. And and for our for our Arminian friends who go, how dare you? You're preaching legalism. Listen again to what we said. These are the fruits that are thereof. And so when you try to tell me, well, they get the gospel right, what you're telling me is they're getting this presentation right. Right. And 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 it's the narrow narrowest of applications. When you say, but we can practice these caustic, vile things mm-hmm. that are antithetical to Scripture. Well, you know, Paul said scubulon, yet you, Paul made a specific point, uh-huh. but it was not the characteristic of his preaching. It was not the characteristic of his practice. Nope. It was not the characteristic of his ministry. Right. You know, what did he call people to? Radical obedience to Christ. That transformation. You, transformation. So when you tell me, oh, but they get the gospel right. No, they don't. <laughs> well, no, they don't. Yeah, one of the things he said there that was kind of like, wow, salvation isn't just forensic. He said it is. It is forensic. <coughs> Excuse me. But but it's a cleansing. Yes. It's it's your heart of stone has been replaced. Yes. With a heart of flesh. The things you desired before, you don't desire now. Right. You desire to put the things of the of the world to death and to set your mind on the things above. Dr. MacArthur said this, quote, How can you tell if someone has been transformed when they love the Lord their God with all of their heart and soul? Yeah. And that there will be evidence of that. Yes. Um, so, I mean, brother, and then he... Golly, he, he just he he wrapped it up with Malachi three sixteen through eighteen and, and then this Matthew Henry quote. Some Jews discovered they were the devil's children. Yes. And and, and brother, I, I I fear that in and, and there are there are a host of churches and, and professing evangelicalism today that that's the case. Yeah. That they Absolutely. And, and they think because their pastors refuse to examine their fruit, Great Awakening, right? When the Great Awakening took place, Edwards Whitfield, Gilbert Tennant, um, you read the book, The Great Awakening, uh, you, you see this, this revival that breaks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's heavy, bold, courageous gospel preaching 
that is convicting of sin that uh, uh, Joseph Tracy says in that book that, that there, there were men literally physically bewailing their yes. sin. But Edwards and Whitfield, and Whitfield, Gilbert Tennant specifically, they didn't just be like, okay, all right, man, Chris, you're saved. Come on in. We'll get your baptism scheduled. Yep. Uh, you'll come this day, invite some family, and welcome to the family, brother. We'll extend the right hand of fellowship. No. They spent time with these professing believers to ensure they possessed what they professed. Amen. And they would deny church membership if there wasn't evidence of transformation. And that was the thing that MacArthur was saying in this last sermon. He's, he's exhorting these pastors, this is part of, of your, your ministry. It's, it's yeah. part of your ministry. This yeah, is good. part of discipleship. It. This is not a... This is not an optional add-on that you can do. Right. Rather, it is if you are faithfully proclaiming the word, if you are faithfully proclaiming the gospel, and you are faithfully ministering, then you're going to be concerned about the people under your care. Yeah. And that's why when we look at things like First John, where you know John is telling us someone who makes a practice of sin is mm. not of the faith. That's good. That is what he's getting at. You are you are required as a pastor, as an elder, as a you know under shepherd of the flock. You are required to care about this. So and and a, a preaching and a ministering in the gospel requires that you are looking for transformation. Yeah. And we're not going to be perfect at this. We know right, that. Right. Right. You know, we, there are going to be people that. They, they were maybe low-hanging fruit, but showing fruit over the years. And they get <laughs> into good. heaven, That's and good. they're going to be guys that they faked it. They faked it the whole way. And we're, we're going to go, we're going to watch them be cast off as goats into hell. And we're going to go, how did, how do we miss it? And it's because mm. we, we're not all-knowing as, as God is. That, so, yeah, you're right. There's going to be... Um, some some hit and miss in there in that, but that doesn't give us the right to play fast and loose with the word of God when it calls us to do this. Yeah. You know, when you are to do the work, when you when when you know Timothy is told, fulfill your ministry, that's part of it. And I, I love that you know Pastor MacArthur lovingly exhorted the yeah, pastors. This is your ministry this is part of discipleship yeah that's good and I, I love that he did and that's one of the things i love about pastor macarthur he is not okay i don't want to say pound the pulpit because you know um steve lawson can pound the pulpit in fact the memory of it actually caused him a moment where he completely lost his focus really and started funny. laughing at his yeah. at a previous moment um but he's not a he, pastor MacArthur is not the type to just slam down on the pulpit and yell and holler at people. He, rather, he comes along as a loving, caring shepherd for the flock. And so, even when he's got other under shepherds there with him, yeah. he's still doing that. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I just when when all these and going back to what we said at the beginning of the show that you know the uh, the 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 J Mac haters, you know the J Mac haters club is you know. You know they got they got one motto. We hate J Mac. Um, again, I look at your fruit, and what I see is vileness, division, hatred. Um, you know, yeah. progressivist nonsense, and you know, and, and, you know, a, a departure from the word. 
And then I look at the ministry of John MacArthur and I go, here's a man who for over 50 years has faithfully served the flock. You can see it in yeah. the outworking of the ministry of, yeah. his, of his people and you can see it in his care for other pastors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I'm sorry, you know, and, and, and when I say J-Mac haters, by the way, all y'all who hate J-Mac because he's dispensationalist and yeah, some of you, some of you guys who are reformed hate him. I'm sorry. You need to get over that um, because... I, I will put up as someone who is not premillennial dispensationalist. I, I'm, I'm veering from that. Um, I'm, I'm becoming more millennial as I go along, and I don't want to hear from any of you post mill guys saying just keep coming. You just you'll, let, it uh, you, let it go. You, you'll be corrected mid rapture. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, man, am, if it I'm, turns I'm, out yeah. to be yeah, if it turns out to be yeah. right, I ain't gonna complain. That was a joke. I also <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not all mill, but I'm also not. Yeah, but um, the the you know some of you guys need to get over your hatred of his dispensationalism, and the, I, I had to I had to literally tell someone don't on on, on my social know media why feed because those people said, do that is because they hate the f- because they're holding on too tight yes. to something some carnal sin yes and pride that they don't want to let go of. And Dr. MacArthur preaches sanctification and the lordship of Christ and submission of Scripture, and that doesn't fly with them. Yeah. They love the grace aspect of it. They love the sovereignty of God. God's a man. Take patriarchy. Take dominion. But they don't like the sanctification piece. No, no they don't. Um, and and they don't. Yeah. So I'll just no. stop there. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean, you know, when I when I gotta tell people I'm sharing all this wonderful work that Pastor MacArthur is doing, and then somebody's got to come along and make a, a, a wisecrack about secret rapture, I'm gonna tell you what I told that individual. Don't. Okay. We're just not gonna go there today. But so yeah. I mean, when I see that kind of behavior, I will put Pastor MacArthur's ministry and his faithful preaching and his faithful shepherding up against. Some of you manly man types that just uh, you know want to say, well, we've got all the theology right, and he's terrible because he's wrong on that issue. Um, I'm going to challenge you: Is your ministry as faithful to shepherd as his has been? If if it is, great. Now show grace and hash out those important theological topics. But if your only mark is to hear the, the name J Mac and you go. <laughs> Then I don't want to talk to you. Okay, I'm just stop. That just was don't. an amazing sound. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to translate on the mic. We'll find out. It doesn't matter. It was amazing for me. <laughs> so, but so with all that in mind, I mean, we've we've gone over just over two hours now. We need wow. to wrap this up for our, wow. our listeners. We're, we're I all, keep going. We're almost approaching uh, JT level. We are length here. So we not we, nearly as good. Not, not nearly as not good. Not nearly as good. But. Um, so final thoughts uh, on this conference and what we would like listeners to take away as we consider all, we went through all these different sermons and all the things, the applications and, and, and how that was for the pastors and yet it still has impact for us as, as the listeners. Um, final thoughts as for what we would, you'd like them to take away on this. Ooh. Keep in mind the... Uh qualifications of a, of a pastor are not just for pastors mm. all scripture is God breathed and profitable um, and it applies to all 
believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. These themes, uh, these themes that we see, unashamed worship, unashamed of preaching the word, uh, you know, uh, the unashamed gospel, unashamed power, unashamed endurance, um, you know, uh, fill in the blank. All these things are, yes, um, this conference was geared toward pastors, and, and you'll hear that a lot when you listen to these messages. But all this stuff is, is stuff that we should all be aiming for. Yeah. And if you're not a pastor, uh, this is something you should share with your pastor and help your pastor with, is to keep yeah. these things in mind. Um, so, uh, and then this brother, for me personally, I, uh, you know, this was a, this is, this has been a sweet, sweet yeah. trip. Um, hang out with you has been uh, incredible. Uh, we, we spent time together before, but yeah, not, not, not like this, you know, and, um, uh, but, but brother, I think this whole experience for me has just been, um, savoring is, is the word mm -hmm. I, I've been thinking about this all day. Um, cause I've had multiple people ask me, um, this is your second time or third time or second time. And they're like, man, what do you think? And, and the first time it's just like you, you come and you're, you're just overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, the first time you come to Shepherd's Conference, I think, for me anyway, it was like there was a lot that the Lord was doing on and in me at the time. Yeah. And so uh, there was a lot that he was chiseling away at me on. You know, with this one, there was more chiseling and more heart work and mm -hmm. admonishment and things that I've been wrestling through. And uh, But it's just been a savoring time between the fellowship, the preaching, um, the things that, that I've you know uh, gotten to participate in this this year has just been uh, Shepherd's Conference is, is just a blessing, brother. Um, so listen to it with with your Bible. I mean, listen to it one time through. Listen to these sermons one time through, and then go back and listen to them again with 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 you know a notebook open to take some notes. So Amen. that's um, what I got, man. Your turn. <laughs> um, first off, I'd, I'd echo, echo what you said is in the reverse. It's it's been a, a genuine blessing spending uh, you know, a few days with you and mm -hmm. and uh, you know we 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 spend a lot of time talking uh, either text or, or things like Marco Polo and stuff like that. And um, Marco Polo is awesome. I, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy. It. I, I you know I get to I I, I literally uh, am like ha almost every other morning driving Chris crazy because I just given him. You know, uh, my not morning, driving me crazy, man. I always know morning that, thoughts. <laughs> I always know it's at whenever it's six thirty Pacific time um, that I'm gonna be in the morning for Chris. It's it's nine thirty for me in Atlanta, but I'm like I, around the nine thirty mark. I'm like I expect that you know a little sound to say Chris Honholtz, and so I'm but like, um, yeah, so. but yeah, it's it's been a, you know a genuine pleasure to spend this kind of time and actually just. Um, Bouncing stuff off one another and yeah, and, and getting to know one another even more than we have before, and and spending that time and it's been it's been a genuine blessing, um. So I absolutely agree with you on uh, on that. Um, second time for myself and the first time I came, the thing that I walked away with and I even kind of heard MacArthur echo something very similar, uh, this week, which was, um, when you see that mass of, uh, of men coming 
to hear and be taught and to be edified and strengthened. There's that, it's a very Elijah moment, you know, Elijah thinking, oh, I'm the last and there's nobody else, there's none, yeah. none besides me. And, and, and God tells him, I've got 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. And you walk onto that campus for the first time and you see thousands of yeah. men yeah. and you realize God's got his remnant. So that was the first time, the first time I went, that was what I took away from that. And really humbling um, and realizing how many, how many of us have gotten to know one another thanks to, well, it's a gift and it's a curse, this thing called social media, and but getting to meet people face oh, to face. Yeah. Yeah. And that was such a blessing yet once again yeah. Yeah, uh, to do that this time. Same. But the, the thing that for myself walking away from this time is with the various, and you know some of the, the, the trials and difficulties that yeah. you know, my, me and my family have faced in recent, uh, recent weeks and months. Yeah, yeah. Um, in some ways, I'm even more humbled than I have been before because I, I'm working through some issues in my life and God is using those struggles to reveal things about myself. And so I'm listening to these things and mm-hmm. listening to stand on the Word of God to, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 the Scripture needs no validation that we're to fix our eyes on eternity, fix our eyes on things like the ascension. And yeah. hearing those things and it reinforcing things that my own pastors have been teaching me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that was, that's a blessing. But at the same time, and I have to be careful about this because when I say this, people think I'm trying to knock on myself. Mm-hmm. But because I've done it so much in the past... But recognizing, seeing these men of God, who have grown so much in their understanding of the Word, and have you know, and, and and they would be the first to say there's still so much they need to learn. Sure. Um, but recognizing there's still so much that the Lord has yet to teach me, and that's humbling, because I recognize I'm sitting there listening to some of these conversations, going, I I cannot contribute, you know I. I jokingly will say I'm a schlub with a podcast. In fact, one of the guys came up and asked me, "Are you he the did. one?" That's I was standing there. That was did. that was yeah. hysterical. Yeah, yeah that, that was great. The schlub with the podcast. Yeah, um, I will jokingly say that, um, which was born out of one time out of frustration. I just posted it, um, but it, it kind of just became a calling card for me, and I kind of enjoy saying it. Um, but in some ways, there's some truth in that, and, and realizing I'm, j- you know, God has me where I'm at. He's using me for what he wants to use me for, and I've got to be cautious yeah. to not let that pride rear up and, and get me thinking that I'm, I'm higher than uh, and, and more worth something than I am. I am a herald, even if it's just the podcast. I'm sure. a herald, yeah. and I and it's and, and that's Amen. that was one of those things of hearing that and being reminded. This is our calling. That we are to proclaim what the Word of God says, and not our own ideologies, not our own opinions, not our yeah. own experiences. Oh yeah, man! Proclaim the Word, and I think that was the thing. The takeaway for me was watching the the these pastors. Hey, here's all these foreign ideologies that are trying to be imported in. But you know what? How do you defeat that? With the truth. You preach the truth. You preach. You preach the Word. So, folks, we really appreciate you hanging in with for over two hours with us. Uh, you know, it's yeah. you know, a long one for, for both of us. Um, and um, but yet, we wanted to do this kind of download with you guys because there was just so much good that came out of this, and yeah. and so much uh, and so many people blessed. So, number one, 
listen as Chris said listen to the podcast or the you know the episode or not episodes but messages. the the messages when they come out you know be paying attention to uh, Shepherd's Conference get the app it'll it'll let you know when stuff's coming out um, and and be praying for the people that heard all these messages um, be praying that God uses this remnant to massively impact uh, their communities their their yeah. areas of the world yeah. Yeah. with the gospel. Yeah. And that they would stand fast, that they would not uh, waver and, and compromise. Mm. And then pray for your pastors, because obviously not every pastor can go to this, and not every pastor would necessarily want to go to this. But pray for them that they would not waver. Pray for them that they would stand fast on the Word. And how can you contribute? How can you be serving in your church and, and helping them to be pro you know what what duties can you come into the church because guess what there's a lot of pastors doing double duty on a lot of things in those churches how can you serve in your church to make sure the pastor is there to proclaim the gospel and you yourself be a proclaimer of the gospel do you know be an, uh, an expositor of the word study it understand it Proclaim it and share it with someone, and That's then right. apply it, and especially apply it in your own life. So, Amen. so any last thoughts before we let them go, brother? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's it's like twelve thirty-seven a.m. and yeah. I, 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 you get to stay here tomorrow. I, I've got to drive you back drive in the morning. Back. So, uh, we're gonna let you guys go. But thank you for being a part of this uh this this joint venture uh a lot thank you for giving us a couple hours of your time uh you guys are very precious to both of us and, and, yeah. and both our podcast ministries yeah. and thank you for your continued support um you know i just as a reminder you know voice reason radio part of the christian podcast community always go on there and check it out uh, if you ever want to get a hold of us slave to the king.com that's how you get a hold of us is go on there and pull it up uh your your contact info for your for yours uh, we're also still featured on the Christian podcast community. We're a part of the Bar Network, the Biblical and Reformed Network. Um, and yeah, you can just search Matter of Theology on Instagram, Facebook, and then Matter of Theology on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that, that's where we are. Awesome. Yeah, man. All right. Well, God bless you guys. Good night. We will see you next time. Mm-hmm.